guys, good morning. Good to see you. Listen, today we are beginning something called Explore God. Let me just fill you in on what this means. Right now, starting today, check this out, 815 churches in the Chicagoland area are going through the exact same set of questions and messages and focal points at the exact same time. Fellowship of Faith, in conjunction with 814 other churches of every stripe and variety, across sizes, from mega to mini, across denominational to non-denominational lines, from urban to rural to suburban, looking together at seven big fundamental questions, seven basic questions that, let's face it, that we ask, that Christians ask, that non-Christians ask. Questions like, is there a God and who is he? Who is Jesus really? And is he who he claims to be? Is the Bible reliable? Why does God allow suffering and so many more? And I don't know about you, but to be able to partner in this with 814 other churches, to remember that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are meeting outside of these four walls who are seeking the same God as we are and wrestling with the same questions we are and seeking to further his kingdom that's always been cool to me. How about you? I mean, isn't that just right? And, and we're launching it today, the first of seven weeks, with a question that so many people ask, does life have purpose? Now, the obvious answer to that question is yes. But when I say it's obvious, I don't want to assume it's so obvious to the people we know, or even to you. But from the worldview of the Bible, from the message of the Bible, from Genesis in the beginning to Revelation at the end, the message is chock full with this cry from God that, yes, life has purpose, that this is not random, that this is not accidental, that this is not meaningless, but God has a purpose for this world. God has a purpose for you, that you have purpose. I think of the very beginnings of the book of Genesis where, where even when God creates the first humans, he gives them purpose. He says, fill this earth, subdue it, rule over it, be my image in this place. I am investing you with my authority to take care of this creation that I've made. I think of Abraham and God coming to him and saying, I am going to make you great. I am going to make you into a great nation. I am going to bless you. And through you, all people will be blessed. I think of God coming to Moses and the people of Israel, saying, you will be a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, something special to me, something that will mediate my goodness into this world. I think of Jeremiah crying out to the people of God in their, their hopelessness and despair. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I think of Jesus, who describes it this way, seek first God's kingdom. Make that your purpose, and all other things will be added to you as well. I think of Paul, that passage that Gwen read when we opened here today. 
that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, and God is calling you. The message from Genesis to Revelation, God is calling you. He has a plan and a purpose. Life drips with purpose. Your life drips with purpose. Even if you don't realize it or know how to bring it home. And that's where we're going to take this today. How to bring it home. If God is true, and the Bible message is something that we can rely on, then how do we come to tap this purpose and bring it home? We have got a uh, special guest with us today who's going to speak into that question specifically. It's this amazing woman who I've heard speak on this before you know her well and asked if she would share some of what she shared previously with me here with you today. Her name is Stacy Curtis, and would you just welcome her as she comes on up? Well, good morning, Fellowship of Faith family. Ooh, I'm hot. Ooh. <laughs> One of the few times you'll hear me say that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the question is, does life have purpose? And pastor said it did, so good night, Godspeed. No, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> there's, but wait, there's more. So, yeah, we all intrinsically believe that life has purpose. Then why is this such a difficult question? Why do we struggle with this so much? Well, what's life? Life is a passage of time marked by certain events that may or may not be important to us. I think the deeper question is, is my life important? Does my life have purpose? Or let's get even more granular than that. Do I have purpose? That's what we're going to take a look at today. So, I, Pastor mentioned that I've spoken on this subject before, and it was over the summertime I was speaking at a ladies' Bible study. But as some of you know, over the summer I have traveled a lot for work, and on my way from I don't know where to come back home to speak at this ladies' group, we ended up in a, a storm, and I ended up at some little airport, and you're just hanging around waiting for the skies to clear so you can leave, and you end up chatting with people. So I talked to this one lady, and very striking woman, seems to have her stuff together. And she tells me, I'm on my way back home to California to be with my family. I miss my children and my husband. And she told me a little bit about her work, and I thought, oh, this is a fascinating woman. So cool to talk to her. And she says, where are you headed to? Where are you headed to? I'm like, well, I'm going back to Chicago. I'm going to speak at a women's Bible study. She says, oh, that's great. What are you speaking on? I said, finding your purpose. And I watched her face go gray. And the look of shame in her eyes that somehow she didn't know what her purpose was and hadn't found it, and somehow her life was a waste. I was really surprised by it because she's just this neat lady. So I was kind of mulling around and ended up talking to a gentleman that was about 32 with Down syndrome, and he was telling me about getting to 
sing with Guy Penrod. And if you know anything about Southern Gospel or the Gaithers, singing with Guy Penrod is like the stuff. So um, he's telling me all about that. And I ended up talking to his mom, and they were headed back to New York. And I said, you've raised a wonderful young man. And she tells me about how she's helped other parents with Down syndrome children. And she said, okay, the same conversation. Where are you headed? What you doing? Headed back home to Chicago, going to speak at a women's Bible uh, seminar. And she says, what are you speaking on? Reluctantly, I wait. (laughs) Finding your purpose. Same reaction. This amazing woman that is impacting lives all in her community felt like she had not found her purpose. So why is finding our purpose so elusive? As believers, we know we have purpose. There are these things I call universal purpose. What are things we know that are part of our purpose? Go into the world and and, um, make disciples. Um, Give, fast, pray without ceasing, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. These are the things we already know are a part of our purpose. But may I submit to you that if we're not actively pursuing the things that we know are a part of our purpose, do we really have the right to ask for any additional purpose? Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about a works-based faith. Faith, try that again, a works-based based faith. There it was. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about living a life of perfection. But I'm talking about a heart that is actively pursuing the heart of God. And as we're actively pursuing the heart of God, I believe these other things begin to open up for us. Anybody watched Pure Flix or have that, that app or that, um, that outlet? So Pure Flix is like Netflix, only it has all those really sappy, really cheesy Christian movies that I love. <laughs> but here's the way they go. There's a question. There's a crisis of faith. There is a moment, and we all live and do well and prosper in God's work. And it happens in about an hour and a half. <laughs> I think we all want that. We think we're going to have this question. We're going to have this crisis of faith. And then all of a sudden, da-da-da-da, the answer will appear. And we'll be walking in our purpose. And it'll be sun shining out. And it'll be great. And it doesn't really happen like that. In reality, purpose is epic. And it's evolutionary. So I've just told you I love movies, even the sappy ones. But I really like epic ones. Um, Quite a few years back, there was an epic movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman where they came from Ireland to America because there was free land if you could get there. And and it was just this epic thing and the trials and, and the things that they went through and the things that were horrible and their triumphs. I love movies like that. Or you're gonna they're gonna take my girl card for admitting this one. Gladiator. That's an epic movie. Even though he dies in the end. Shh, spoiler alert. And even though things never go back to the way they were, 
There is never a certain, um, yeah, that's the way it should have been. He remains faithful to who he is and to his integrity and to making a difference and doing the right thing. And it's an epic movie. Can I submit to you that our lives are like that? We're epic. Now, I'm not fighting any tigers in a ring, just so you know. But our lives are epic. I want to look at a few people in the scriptures who had epic lives. Let's talk about Moses. You don't get much more epic than that. Moses, as you know, grows up in a palace. He grows up like a prince. At about age 40, he's drawn back to his people. And in the process of that, ends up murdering an Egyptian. Oops. He runs away, smart guy, smart thing to do. He becomes a shepherd, one of the lowest jobs you could have at that point. And he's watching sheep that aren't even his. They belong to his father-in-law. At age 80 is when he sees the burning bush. And then Charlton Heston has told us the rest of the story. (laughs) Can I submit to you that he did not begin to walk in his purpose at age 80. It started when he was a baby in the bulrush. It continued epically as he was trained to be a prince and a leader. It continued as he sat in solitude and despair on the backside of the desert watching stinky sheep. His purpose did not begin when he started to lead God's people. His purpose began at the very beginning. It is epic, and it is evolutionary. So my sister is here with me, and um, we both have this thing about popcorn. We love popcorn. I'm a cheater. I get the little bag, I throw it in the microwave. I'm done. Now, I know there's chemicals in there that we shouldn't be indulging in and all that, but when I go to my sister's house, she's hardcore. She gets out the pot. She puts in the oil. She puts in the kernels. She shakes it because, you know, it's only right if you shake it, right? So she shakes it, and ultimately popcorn ends up going everywhere. It's, it's fantastic, but that tastes different. It's richer, and it's real. Purpose is not microwavable. It takes time, it takes some shaking, and it's going to make a mess. <laughs> but real purpose is not microwavable. I think it's interesting that his staff came with him into his walk into the promised land. The staff, you know, the thing he used when he was on the backside of the desert with the sheep. The symbol of the loneliest time of his life. The symbol of his failure was the same symbol that he raised and the waters parted. It was the same staff that he struck the rock and water came forth. In the kingdom, nothing's wasted. Your purpose is epic and it's evolutionary. 
So let's talk a little bit about another epic character in the Bible, David. So we know David, like Moses, he did the whole shepherd deal. Um, He kills a lion and a bear. He becomes a Jimmy John delivery boy and takes the cheese sandwiches up to his brother up at the front line. Kills Goliath. He has private concerts for King Saul. He becomes an enemy of the throne. And finally, he's king. So what would have happened if kills Goliath, fast forward, he's 30, he's sitting in his barker lounger, hands in his pants, beer in the other hand, and he says, see that head up there on the wall? I did that. End of purpose. How different would the story have been? How different would the trajectory of the Bible have been? How different would it be knowing that he's a part of the lineage of Christ. If he stopped with the one event and said, found my purpose, it was to kill Goliath, I'm done. Our purpose is epic, and it's evolutionary. One thing builds on another to take us to our ultimate goal. What if... After he was singing for Saul, I don't know how acquainted you are with the story, but you know Saul was tormented, and um, David would come to the palace, and he would sing, and it would soothe Saul. But you know, after the whole Goliath thing and a couple battles, you know, then then people start talking, and little songs come up like Saul kills a thousand, but David kills ten thousand. So he starts feeling a little insecure about David hanging around, and. He whips a spear at him. So David flees the palace. What if at that point David said, well, I must have done something to screw up God's plan for my life because I know I was anointed king, but I'm now an enemy of the state and I'm now on the run. So either Saul or either Samuel was wrong or I did something to somehow thwart the plan of God. If we don't understand that purpose is epic and evolving, we can end up feeling stalled. Or worse yet, we can feel like we've missed the plan of God. It's a little bit about me. Two things I wanted out of life. To be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And to have a family. And in my picture, me and my family were in the house of the Lord all the days of our life serving him. And so I did exactly that. I married a good church boy whose heart's prayer from the time he was a child was to always be sensitive and to love God and love people. Somewhere in the process of things, one day he looks at me and he says, I hate my life and I haven't loved you for years. By my 20th anniversary, I was officially divorced. Now, you might expect that leveled me. It leveled me. And I found myself in a mega church sitting up in the balcony and filling out a connection card because that's what every good Christian does. You fill out your connection card. If you don't fill out your connection card, can I say, fill out your connection card? Come on. You have a free pen there. Fill it out. 
So I'm filling out my connection card, and I write, I have no husband. I have no ministry. I cannot give my daughter the life that I wanted to give her. I have no purpose. All I could think of is, I am a waste of skin. Luckily, God surrounded me with amazing people that helped me heal. But what I was convinced of was that never again would I ever be able to have a ministry. Who's going to let me sing in their church? Nobody's ever going to let me speak in their church. That's all gone. And as I begin to evaluate my motive for wanting those things, I realized I needed to switch how I thought. And my prayer became, I don't need significance. I just need impact. I just need to know, God, that I can make a difference to somebody, somewhere, even if it's just one person. I just need impact. So God opened a door, and I was able to get a job in corporate America. I never thought I'd end up there. Um, And what was amazing is that these ministry opportunities came up. They weren't what I thought they were going to be. They weren't standing in front of people. They weren't singing. But it was one-on-one talking with someone that was hurting. It was talking to a client on the phone, and without them knowing, praying for them, and knowing my God was going to meet them right where they were. All these ministry opportunities begin to come up in the place that I least expected it. Because my purpose didn't end when my job ended. My purpose is epic and evolutionary. We can never confuse purpose with position. So, the same God that created the majestic lion and the elegant giraffe is the same God that created armadillos and anteaters, okay? But for some reason, we have it in our head that the only way we're going to know God's purpose for our life is a set path, that God's going to speak to us in a certain way, and if he doesn't speak to us in a certain way, then somehow we missed it. But what if that's not the way God wants to show us our purpose? What if we never have that big moment? Da-da-da-da, light shines down, angels sing. What if we never get that? Does that mean we don't have purpose? I think about the boy with the fishes and the loaves. And I'll just put the scripture passage up there so you know I'm not making this stuff up. It's, it's from the Bible. So, think about the boy with the fishes and the loaves. You know the story. He gets ready to leave one morning. He says, Mom, give me five bucks so I can stop and get something from the dollar menu at McDonald's. She says, No, you're going to take the hamburger I made on the Wonder Bread with the green peppers and the onions. No, she didn't say that. Um, She said, Wrong story. She's going to say, Take the fish and the burnt biscuits I made, and you're going to be happy with it. You're not getting five bucks. But, Mom, no, take the lunch. Somehow, this kid ends up in a group of people that are listening to Jesus speak. 
in the midst of him sitting there innocently listening, he has these big fishermen, the religious right, come and steal the boy's lunch. Because you know, if he was a teenage boy, he did not give that up willingly. That was his lunch. So they shake him down for his lunch, and he's... (sighs) But then, you know the rest of the story. They bring it to Jesus. He blesses it. He breaks it. He multiplies it, and everybody eats. Can you imagine that kid? Everyone's sitting. They're eating. Him going around. That fish? That was mine. You're welcome. That biscuit? That was mine. You're welcome. Kind of taking the credit for it. I just kind of see him that way. I don't know. Nowhere in scripture does it say that he woke up that morning and lo, an angel of the Lord appeared and said, you are blessed among boys and today God is going to use your lunch. You don't find it. Right? Have you read it? I haven't read it. Here's the thing. Sometimes purpose multiplies. Well, every time. When we give it to God and he blesses it, it multiplies. And not only does it multiply, it impacts people you don't even know. You may never know the lives that you have impacted just living your life. Because really... Walking in purpose is just a matter of showing up with what your mama gave you. Maybe your mama gave you a little bit of talent. So you give it to Jesus, you let him break it, you let him bless it, and it blesses other people. Maybe your mama gave you a little bit of smarts. Give it to Jesus, let him bless it and break it, and you'll bless other people. Maybe your mama gave you a deficit. Give it to Jesus. He will break that thing, and he will bless it, and he will use it to bless other people. Walking in purpose is sometimes just showing up with what your mama gave you. I want to take a look at Ruth next. Ruth is an interesting character to me, and I I, I might see her a little differently than some other folks do. I view her as someone who was always looking for purpose. I wonder if she didn't marry into the Israeli family that was living in her neighborhood because she had a longing for purpose. And then when her husband dies and her father-in-law dies and her mother-in-law goes back to Israel, she says, let me go with you. Again, looking for purpose because there's nothing here for me. There, I have no purpose here. I have no worth here. I'm going to follow you. Maybe I have purpose there. Scripture doesn't say that. I just kind of feel that about her. So you know the story of Ruth. In those times, there was no way really to support yourself as a woman. And so they would go to the fields to glean. Gleaning was their social system at the time. So if you owned a plot of land and and there were crops on it, when you harvested the crops, you left a section for widows and orphans and and foreigners coming through the land so they could come and eat. Her being the young one, she went to the field, 
to glean so that she and Naomi could eat. Well, it was at that point that Boaz noticed her. And if you don't know the story, it's so rich. Please read it, study it. But Boaz was her kindred redeemer. He was the bachelor, and she got the rose. End of story. So basically, she was rescued from poverty. She got the good, hunky-looking man with all the money. Life's perfect, right? I wonder if she was lonely. Think about it. If you're the foreign girl, and you come in, and you get the hunky single guy with all the money, how popular are you going to be? I wonder if she spent her life feeling like, I never did find my purpose. But we know that Ruth was a part of the bloodline of Christ himself. We may not know our purpose in its entirety on this side of heaven. But that does not mean that we're not walking in purpose. Sometimes we glean our purpose by walking through the ordinary fields of life. We may feel like we're nobody, we're nothing, we're just walking through our day like everybody else. But our impact has eternal effects that we may or may not ever see. If you look at Ruth chapter 2, verse 16... In the King James Version, it says, let some fall also handfuls of purpose. Not on purpose, handfuls of purpose. Our purpose happens when we show up and when we walk through our lives. Our simple acts of obedience are fulfilling our purpose. And they carry a far weighter great and glory than what we will ever know here. There's a scripture that was read last week, Mark 4, 27. And in the NIV it says, Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows though he doesn't know how. They're kind of personifying the seed. Can I submit to you? We're a seed. We are going to have impact. We will show purpose. We may not know how. We may not see it. Regardless, we still have purpose. So truth moment for you. This is not the life I planned. If you would have told me at age 18 what my life would look like now, I'd have laughed at you first off. I will never find myself in those positions. Isn't it great to be 18? Or if I took you seriously, I'd say, I'm out. I don't want any part of that. That is not, that is, no, mm-mm, no, I don't want it. But can I also share? I have never been more convinced in all of my life 
that I'm walking in God's purposes. Not because I get to stand here and talk to you today, which is super cool. But this no-so thing that has kind of bubbled up inside of me. I don't know how I got here. Honestly, I don't know where I'm going. But I know that I know that I know that I am in the palm of his hand. And given the things that happened, the fact that I'm still here says that somehow, some way, his purposes are being fulfilled. I want to leave you with this last scripture, Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this, that he that begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What he started before you were even born, he will complete. Your purpose is there, and as long as you're walking, as long as you're breathing, he will use you for his purposes.